0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Phaeology, the study of Fire Emblem Heroes. My name is Phil, and I will be your Phaeologist today, and joining me is Grepstein, our Chief Resident. It's been a long time since we've last recorded Greps, a whole almost 24 hours, or pretty much 24 hours, but how have you been in the last day?
1: I have been wonderful, and I'm glad that we have some time to be able to sit down and crank out some episodes here, because there's a lot going on in Fire Emblem.
0: Yeah, and I'm grateful for the time that we've we've had. I know we both have had a really busy schedule recently, uh, but uh, fortunately we do have some time now, especially when something pretty big has happened uh, in regards to this new banner with Muspell Generals. So I am excited as well to discuss these new units and their implications in the game. So... Um, before we get started uh, just as a reminder and an, an announcement to everyone about uh, who got dropped to four stars I noticed that Sylvia was reduced to four stars and so she is now summonable at that level uh, on this new Muspell Spelled general banner so if you didn't have a chance to pick her up uh, when she was a five star exclusive unit maybe you'll get her too and hopefully not <laughs> not be pretty broken by her five- star version so so the that-
1: yeah, she showed up as my free summon as a four-star unit. So, I I mean, I, I looked in the notes and saw that she was the one that was demoted, but I found out uh, firsthand very quickly that she was the unit that got demoted.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, I like it when that happens, um, when you find that out. So
1: Yeah, sometimes I'm, you're, like, holding your breath, though, when you get a unit that used to just be five-star exclusive, and you're like, oh, no. I mean, it's not that big of a deal on your first summon, but uh, <laughs> still you're right. like, oh, man, I got that unit. or. <laughs>
0: Right, I, I I can't remember the last time that has happened to me. I know it has, but um, but it's been a long time. And knock on wood, I hope that it doesn't happen to me anytime soon. So yeah, it
1: used to be so bad when we had all of those units that are now in the three and four star pool that used to be in the four and five star pool. So it, I, you know, it used to just be like you'd see one of those heroes that was in that joint four and five star pool. There were so many of them. And so many of them weren't really good at all, so there'd be times where, Mm -hmm. you know, just really hoping that it would be the four-star version so it wouldn't pity break my high rate or something like that and take (laughs) me away from getting the Focus Hero I want.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Uh, Such is is life when summoning on Fire Emblem Heroes, but we roll the punches and hopefully we get what we want, so... And speaking of which, um, hopefully you guys out there get some of these units. If you do decide to summon for them, um, we will wrap up the show with our thoughts about summoning for these characters, but let's get into it and start talking about uh, the Muse spell generals. And let's start with Helbindi. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and take the lead on this one and just let, let you guys know about his stats. He's got 44 HP, 35 attack, 18 speed, 35 defense and 31 resistance, uh, all at level 40 neutral IVs. And he does have a super bane in speed, but um, otherwise uh, he rounds out with a BST of 163. And so if you're looking for some optimal IVs, of course, attack and defense are uh, the better ones to look out for, just because they are min-maxed in the direction that we want them in. And, of course, if you do run something like Bonfire or Ignis on him, he would be able to cash in on more damage uh, with a higher defense, uh, resistance as well. Since his mixed bulk is very balanced, uh, kind of reminds me of a, a little bit better version of Hawkeye, basically. And uh, but since his resistance is so high, if he did get a plus uh, three to uh, bane, sorry, boon to his resistance, then uh, that almost matches his defense perfectly, and and that would that could serve you pretty well, and we'll get into a little bit more but i i mean his stat spread and his setup his uh yeah his his base kit and everything it it, it kind of leans towards more of an enemy phase build anyway but um but if you kept it that way and if you got a plus resistance hellbindy then you shouldn't feel bad that should actually be uh, a pretty good uh boon and of course minus speed even though it is a super bane it probably won't affect arena scoring as much probably not at all because he'll probably stay in the, the same bin uh, depending on how you build him so uh, don't worry about that
1: yeah and his speed is just so low that you know un- unless you're going to give him skills that make no sense for his kit like darting blow or something like that then he's <laughs> not going to be able to double anybody in the game without incredible investment in speed and there's no reason to do that so Go for the tried and true and enemy phase builds, and that's really the way that we'll be talking about Hellbindy in this
0: episode. Exactly, and probably the smartest way to go. So uh, but you can do whatever you want with your units. We are not judging you out loud, but um, on the <laughs> inside we are. Uh, just kidding. But his weapon, let's let's talk about his weapon a little bit with uh Bilester Bilaster. Um at the start the the text reads at the start of odd numbered turns it grants attack speed defense and resistance plus 4 to unit and adjacent allies for one turn so it's basically a spectrum wave level 2 type of skill it's kind of it's it's pretty cool i mean of course on even turns like turn 2 and turn 4 it's basically a silver axe with 16 might but Once you start the game, of course, or get into turn three and five, then you get the awesome bonus not only to himself but to other units as well. And I think it's pretty cool too that it is an odd uh, wave type of skill on his weapon because on the first turn, of course, you can set up your you can swap around your characters uh, so that way you can give those buffs directly to not only Helbendi but to those two units adjacent to him or however many are adjacent to him right from the get-go so they they would have those buffs going into it uh, into the game and maybe you would be able to uh, you know engage with the enemy in their enemy phase or something like that and and reap the benefits from that uh, boost and so so I, I think it's pretty cool in, in that regard that you can really control who gets the buffs because it automatically starts the game with that. But um, I'm a fan of this weapon. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, do you have any thoughts on his weapon grabs?
1: I think you hit on most of the main points there. The only thing that I'll add is that it, his weapon makes choosing a C-slot skill a little bit tougher since we have a lot of odd wave skills in the game. And if you want to choose a selfish skill for his C-slot skill that's going to benefit him, then you can't choose any of those wave skills. And if I were to choose one stat that I would want to boost the most on him, I would choose attack for him. Uh, and we don't have an even attack wave skill. That's the only one that we don't have in the game to this point. So you can't even give him that to make his attack get boosted on every single, like, even an odd turn. So Hmm. it makes it a little bit harder when we talk about builds later on to think of a really good skill that's going to benefit him in the C-slot skill, but ultimately not too bad of a problem to have uh, because I, I do think it's a pretty strong effect on his weapon, and it's nice that he gives that to adjacent allies as well, like wave skills do.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's great that uh, he has that wave option. It's not. Um, it's probably the best uh, buffing mechanism that we've that I could imagine being on his weapon there. And I mean, with his mixed bulk as well. I don't know if we'll talk about this a little bit more. But if you are looking to debuff, then ploy skills would work very well because of his uh, higher resistance. So even if you like got that plus resistance uh, boon to Helbindi perhaps a, a ploy or even not only in the C slot, but even in the seal slot might be an option for you. And maybe you can indirectly get some buffs on Helbindi in that regards. But, um, so yeah, so it's an interesting weapon. It'd be interesting to play around with it and we'll see what happens too with uh, future C skills and if they are able to mesh well with his weapon. But, uh, let's get into his A slot skill and probably the biggest, um, Point of discussion that we might have on this show today, and one discussion that has been going on for a week now is the dual skills, and in particular with Helbindi, his green dual infantry three skill. Reading the text, it says it grants HP plus five, and uh, if unit is five stars at a five star level and level forty. And unit stats totals less than 170. You treat the unit that has the skill uh, equipped, it, of course, as if their stats were at 170 in modes like Arena. And uh, yeah, and then higher scoring opponent, opponents will appear. Uh, stat total calculation excludes any values added by merges and skills, uh, all in parentheses. So basically, we are treating uh, a unit that. M- If they don't have a BST total at the uh, end of calculations, not only with their stats, but with their skills added as well, um, if it doesn't reach 170 with this skill equipped it at level 3, they will be at 170 and be in that bin for Arena. Uh, Just one, I, I just noticed that it mentioned modes like Arena, so I mean not only like you have arena and arena assault, but I don't know. Are there any other modes in the game right now that use the calculation for, for BST besides those two modes?
1: Uh, No, I, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything else that uses that. Uh, it's possible that something like voting gauntlet might, might use uh, unit score to determine your foes. Um, maybe grand conquest also has some like relationship between what, the unit is that you register with and something to do with like the foes that you face, but that's, it makes such little of a difference that like people aren't raising their score on their unit to get stronger opponents in the voting gauntlet or anything like that. In fact, you'd probably want the opposite. So, um, Mm -hmm. no, it's really just arena and arena assault, at least for the moment, unless they have some other game modes planned that are like the arena that they're intending to release at some point.
0: Yeah. I, I, i wonder and hope for something like that because i think that's what i feel like i'm missing in the game right now is another form of com- competition like another competitive mode besides arena or arena and assault i i feel like if they included an i mean it, it might be hard to develop i don't know but uh it, it that that would Sate my opportunity my uh, appetite for another competitive mode. You know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about how I'm going to implicate my, my, uh, my team. You know, build build a team up for Arena so I can make a comeback into Arena into Tier Twenty. Um, but it would be fun to have something else to think about in the meantime as well. So we'll see what happens, but. Um I thought that was interesting. So anyway, back, yeah, there's this yeah.
1: this podcast theology. You should check it out. They have some great tips on increasing <laughs> your arena score and getting into higher tiers.
0: <laughs> Whoa, tell me more. <laughs> um, but but speaking of which, like in regards to being competitive in arena, and with this new skill, we know the implication is that we any green infantry unit now can be treated pretty much the same as um, some of the. Not the highest tier armor units that we have in the game, like like Hector or Grima, but uh, the ones, or, or Ephraim, I should say, but the ones just below um, in the 170 bin. So think of, you know, any axe unit, any mage, dagger, uh, green bow unit, like Lin, could be up at that same level. And of course, it depends if they have a legendary weapon or not. And I, I think. Uh, we'll include the link to Gamepedia's arena scoring list. I really like what they have done there to really separate the potential, basically, of, of characters and how much they can score in arena if you give them you know, as much investment as possible. Uh, it's, it's a really great tool to help you pick and choose a unit if you want to uh, uh, build a unit that has the most potential to score well in arena. So we'll, we'll include that in the show notes. But anyway, uh, I'm going to turn over to you, Greps, because now that we have the option of sticking this A slot skill on any green infantry unit uh, to make them better in arena, uh, it opens the possibilities of, of how you can create a team that might be viable in the you know higher tiers in arena. And so uh, are there some units that would use this skill the best?
1: Yeah, so I have some thoughts on that. But before I answer that, I just want to make sure that all of our listeners are on the same page with us here in terms of this skill. Uh, Just because if you're listening, and if this doesn't make sense to you, like exactly what this skill is, or what it does, it's going to help you score higher in the arena and arena assault, which can help you get up to higher tiers. Because You know, when it says it's treating your unit stats as 170, this is adding up all of the stats that your unit has at level 40, at five star level 40, but it's not including things like fury. So if you have fury equipped or other stat boosting things that add directly onto your stats, it doesn't include things like that. Uh, If you have a unit that's merged up, it's not counting the extra stats that you get from merging your unit up. And so it's taking their, it's, it's essentially their level 45 star BST. That's the number that we always read out after we, you know, we introduce a unit stats. And that's why we read that out if, if you were ever wondering about that. Uh, I imagine a lot of you probably already know that, but uh, I I think just because this is a brand new version of skills and there might be some listeners out there that just don't understand what this is, but see all the hype about it and feel compelled to take a side one way or the other, whether this is a good thing or not. But so because you're going to be able to give this to units that don't have high BST or don't have 170 BST, you're going to be able to get units into the arena that are going to score higher than they normally would and so that means that you know at upper parts of the arena we're going to be seeing a lot more variation in terms of the units that we can have so one criticism that a lot of people have had about the arena for a long time is that you can only really use armor units if you want to score optimally in the arena and legendary units as well I guess but those are kind of the set units and there's not much to choose from there but this these types of skills green duel infantry and then the other one that we'll talk about red duel uh, for flyers and uh, probably some future skills that will be coming out too Uh, these skills will help all of these other units that we could never use in the arena and still score well so that is kind of a cool impact of this the downside is you're gonna have to be summoning five star exclusive heroes and be giving this to your units one by one. So you're gonna to have to make smart decisions if you do decide to fodder these skills off because they're probably not gonna be easy to come by. Uh, and I'll also point out that there are units that score higher than the 170 uh, stat bin uh, they, there are some units that can reach 175 BST, which scores higher than 170 BST or 170 to 174 BST. And that's important to note because if you have a unit like Male Grima or Brave Hector or Brave Ephraim or Harden, those units can already score higher without these skills. So, you know, if you've already been working on any of those units, then I'd say continue to work on them. Uh, or you can give one of these dual skills off if you already have a unit that's much more merged up, like a three or four star unit that's really highly merged, then this can help them score better. So in terms of units that are going to do best with this skill, so recall that the only effect that this skill is going to have in combat is that it gives your unit five HP. So it's basically an HP plus five A slot uh, in terms of any sort of like combat effect that it's going to have. So Nobody really uses HP plus five. It's really not all that useful in battle. Uh, and it's kind of unfortunate that that's all that it does for you in combat. But so let's think of some units that might not really mind if they didn't have an A slot skill. And the units that you know I've seen a lot of people buzzing about that came to mind for me immediately were dancers in the game, singers and dancers, because a lot of the time they run Fury just for survivability, and they don't really care giving up their A slot skill. So if you have Performing Arts Azura, uh, even uh, Inigo, uh, Performing Arts Anigo, those are two of our green dancers that you may be able to give this skill to and get them to score very well in the arena. But that's kind of up to you whether that's like worthwhile to have them because they're five-star exclusive units. And unless you have them pretty highly merged, then it might not be all that helpful for you to do that. Uh, another option is Legendary Win, because she is a legendary unit, then she's gonna help, you know, she's gonna help your entire arena and arena assault team score better during win seasons. And then I'd say what probably applies to a lot more people, aside from those two options, are any units with legendary weapons, because a unit with a legendary weapon is going to score slightly higher than a unit with a refinable weapon. So uh, two units that come to mind for me are Soren and Merrick. Those are units with legendary weapons that are going to be pretty easily mergeable for most people. So you could get either of them and have them score just as well as Love Abounds Hector in the arena if you build them up uh, to their max potential.
0: And I can't believe that we might, that the day has come where we would see a Merrick running around in the highest tiers of arena. Um, I think that's just hilarious. But uh, yeah, so like, thank you for that explanation as well, Greps. I, yeah, uh, for those who are new out there, um, if something that we say, kind of goes over your head, we, on this show, we really want to help you out and make things uh, as easy to understand as possible, whether it's on the show or off the air as well, if you reach out to us either on the subreddit or through email, we are more than happy to answer your questions to to make sure that you use your resources wisely, so uh, feel free to do so, but um, you bring up some really good points there, Greps, like, uh, this is great f- and opens up a lot of possibilities for uh, these green infantry units to be able to be used in Arena. However, it is taking up an A slot, and necess- it's basically giving them an HP plus 5 as far as um, utility is concerned. Um, all the behind-the-scenes you know, calculations are taken into effect, but when you actually get out there and use the, the character, if they really need that A slot to be useful uh, in the game in general, then it's, it's kind of hard to justify, you know, putting them into that situation where you're, you are bringing them into the arena with a lot of really good units already that might not have the stipulation of using that kind of skill. Like, like you mentioned, Harden, Brave Hector, Ephraim, Brave, uh, Brave Ephraim. And so you really got, you, you it's a good and bad thing. It's like it's bad because maybe the, the optimal build won't work on such a character. For example, uh, take Raven, who also has a legendary weapon, um, just like uh, Soren and Merrick do, and so he has the potential to score just as well as they do. However, uh, before this, like the optimal build, if regardless of arena scoring, would use Fury in addition to his life-and-death uh, Basilicos weapon. Uh, if you refine it that way, but now like uh, Is that the optimal build if you want to include the green dual infantry skill on him? Maybe not. Maybe you have to tweak his build a little bit and so that will require some some tweaking around maybe some simulation and of course the folks in uh, At GamePress and Gamepedia do their best to keep things up to date as far as optimal builds are concerned and so maybe they'll take that into account as well and just have a reference there for all of us to follow or to um, uh, c- consult with. But uh, but yeah, so anyway, um, those with legendary weapons, of course, score a little bit better. You have the other green units, too, that might benefit from this and score just as almost as well, but they will score higher. You know, units like Nino, Hawkeye, Faye, Arthur, Bowie, Bartre, and Barst, I mean, for you know, we might see them running around in the arena as well a lot more often now. Um My question, though, is since these guys don't have legendary weapons as of yet, you know, there is the potential, and I'm hoping that Hawkeye gets uh, a, a legendary weapon soon, uh, because I do want to merge him up more and, and have him as uh, a main character for my team, but Uh, Since they score a little bit less uh, than the units with legendary weapons greps, in in your opinion, do you think it'll make much of a difference as far as arena scoring is concerned? Or do you think that they will um, most likely score about the same when they do enter arena?
1: So on average, it's going to impact your arena scoring using a a unit with a legendary weapon that's reaching their max potential versus a unit without a legendary uh, weapon that's reaching their max potential. It makes an average difference of half a point per arena battle on average. So it's really not that big of a deal, you know, across five battles, then that's like two to three points. So, um, you know, it might be a little bit more than that. It might be a little bit less than that, depending on the RNG but ultimately, not that big of a deal. I think my my recommendations and my guidelines for thinking about who to give dual skills to, first, make sure that the unit that you're giving it to is five stars and level 40, because the skill says right in its description that it doesn't take effect unless this is on a unit that is five-star level 40 so don't put this on a four-star level 40 plus 10 unit because it's not going to help them at all in scoring so that would be a complete waste of this skill you'd have to upgrade them to level five and lose all of those merges to take advantage of the skill um, also, make sure that they're fully merged units, or at the very least, make sure they're units that are really highly merged. So if you're going to put it on like a three and four star unit that you're working on as your merge project, that would be a good idea. Uh, or if for, you know, somehow you just went all out for a five star exclusive unit and you got a bunch of merges for them, then those are good units to consider giving these skills to because giving this to a five star level 40 completely unmerged unit It's only going to help them slightly more than if you had, like, two or three. It it actually probably wouldn't even help them more. It would help them more to have a merge or two than it would to have this skill on them compared to not having it. So uh, definitely give it to units that are merged up or that you intend to merge up more. Also, you want to consider the other methods of increasing arena scoring, because if you just give this skill to your unit, and don't think about every other way to increase arena scoring then you might be missing out there and so make sure that whatever unit has this skill make sure they also have high sp scoring skills uh, 300 sp skills or 240 sp skills Uh, that way you can again take advantage of giving them this type of a skill which by the way this uh, these dual skills are worth 300 sp so i'm glad that you don't have to sacrifice uh The SP scoring to activate these skills. And then finally, as I mentioned uh, right off the bat, these skills, you know, they're almost useless to put on a unit as their A slot skill. And that's tough because there's a lot of really good A slot skills out there. So you want to consider whatever unit that you're putting this on, that they're not dependent on whatever their A slot skill is. So if you've already given them steady breath or distant counter or some really good A slot skills, uh, you, as you mentioned, Phil, you're going to have to reconsider what their build is because giving them HP plus five is very different from having one of these other highly desirable skills in combat.
0: Awesome. That is some sound advice, Greps. Thank you for mentioning those. I, I do want to touch on the fact that you should probably use this skill on a fully or highly merged unit as opposed to a neutral or no merged unit. For example, like if you were thinking about putting this skill on Anna to increase her BST for Arena as a bonus character, it's probably not the wisest decision. One, because of the fact that we've mentioned and you've mentioned already is that She's the type of character that does need an A slot skill other than this skill, like an HP plus 5, to make her a lot better as a unit uh, because she struggles without it. Uh, but two, you know, she's not going to have any merges anytime soon. It might change in the future, her nose, but uh, it's probably not a good idea to, to stick that on her and to focus on making sure the, the other three units in, in your team, if you do use the Asker trio as bonus units uh, in addition to three units as your core it's probably better to focus on increasing their bst and their arena score calculation with this and these types of skills rather than just putting them on units that won't have any capability of merging up so yeah i think that's a great point
1: and very important to point out that it might be tempting for a lot of free-to-play players if you pull one copy of hellbindy Mm -hmm. or Or one extra copy of him or you might want to pull an extra copy of him just for anna and i I totally agree with you that it's going to increase her max square potential by a really small amount so you know unless you just that's the only unit that you really want to use this skill on. If you really like Anna, uh, you know, then maybe that's the way to go. Or if you just have no intention of pulling for bonus units on future banners, then maybe that's fine. But it's going to make such a small difference that it's way more worth it to put it on a five star plus 10 Nino than it would be to put it on Anna.
0: Exactly. So I totally agree with that. And um, I think there are so many implications and and uh, so much more discussion that we can have about these skills in general. And I feel like that kind of discussion will take place in a future data mine, a future future data mine episode. (laughs) Um, Yes, yeah. (laughs) And so uh, we will we'll talk more about uh, these dual skills and what we think about them, as well as what future dual skills might be released in the game in the future um in, a, in another episode but in, in any case uh, also i mean back to Helbindi himself he does come with his legendary weapon and so if you did go ahead and plus 10 him and summon for you know you know uh, 11 characters to to merge up to plus 10 then he would score just as well as Soren and Merrick and and all of them right underneath the the 175 uh, he would be in the 170 bin, basically, and so uh, just, as, just to put things in perspective as well. Um, rounding off his this new skill and his weapon, he comes with uh, skills and, and a special that we've seen before. He comes with Vengeance as a special, Guard, and Infantry Pulse, uh, none of which, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, none of which are unlocked at four stars, so we didn't have a demotion in skill as far as guard or infantry pulse they're still locked at 5 stars is that correct
1: um yeah and on other units they're still uh guard is locked to 5 stars on every other unit that has it infantry pulse is also locked to 5 stars and vengeance i think i mean like most specials i think you can learn that at either 3 or 4 stars on some units but yeah. it's not a special that i think i've ever really used uh, aside from like testing out the unit with its default skills before giving it something else, so. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, these are skills that are somewhat difficult to come by. We do have guard on uh, Titania, who's available at three and four stars, but you'd have to promote her up to five stars to get that skill.
0: Exactly. So, and
1: I think I think Leon also has it at five stars. But oh yeah. He is also, uh, but he's available at three and four stars too. So it's in that uh, in that category of skills that's easy to get a well easyish to get a unit with that skill, but you have to spend the, the feathers to actually access the skill at its maximum potential.
0: Good point. Yep. So uh, that's what he comes with. And speaking of base kits, let's move into some builds and some matchup simulation results, uh, for these builds. And so I'll go ahead and talk about his more free to play or otherwise kind of a base kit with a few modifications kind of build. So basically what I found in the simulation, if I took out vengeance and I put, gave him bonfire instead and gave left everything the same, assuming that the, uh, the direction that you're taking Hellbendy with this kind of build is keeping that dual infantry skill in the A slot and using him to score just as high as the 170 bin uh, in Arena. Um, so keeping everything else the same and giving him heavy blade. just And just to see how well he kind of does with his base kit, um, he got 58% in the enemy phase with his weapon activated and everything. And uh, just as a reminder, as well as the simulation uh, situation, is that I did max out the potential as much as I could by making sure that Helbindi himself was at plus ten merges, also with a plus attack uh, boon and a minus resist or minus speed bane. Uh, I did find that the attack and speed, or sorry, the attack and defense uh, boons were about the same either way. So if that was a interesting note but he uh, and uh, and the the list that we used to compare this unit against was a list of all the most pretty much all of the uh, units that you would find in arena that are just really good uh, and various versions and and versions of themselves and builds of them at plus 10 as well so everyone's at plus 10 and these these stats are like if if everyone's maxed out, basically, what would happen? And so he did get 58% in the enemy phase and much lower in the player phase, but we won't worry about that. Uh, so breaking down the color differences as well, it, I, I thought it was pretty cool that Hellbendy did pretty well against other green units. Um, he did pretty well against you know most Grimas, uh, Hector, Murr, etc., so more of the more popular units that you would find, the stronger units that you would find, he did pretty well against. Uh, he was able to almost 100% defeat blue units. I think there was one or two left. I forgot who that was, but for the most part, he's going to dominate against blue char- characters. Uh, he gets about 20% against red characters, so it's not a complete um, dismissal of him against you know red characters. He still has a chance, but it's not very high. So... Just looking at his his base kit, I mean, he is built, and his stats as well, he is built for the enemy phase, but he's not amazing in the enemy phase with this type of build, and you will, of course, take uh, take the chains off, break the chains off of his base kit, and unlock his fuller potential, of course, but um, I think if you were just to go in there and leave him as is in the arena, he's not going to compete as well as some of the other units out there. So he would require some, in, some higher investment, I think, uh, to be able to uh, be functional in, in the higher tiers of arena. So with that, I'll turn it over to you, Greps, to see how well he did in the simulation with uh, some different skills
1: yeah so you're right that this uh, Helbindi is definitely a character that can benefit from some high investment skills and i think there's basically two ways to go about building him if you wanted to invest highly in him one is if you want to have him really strong against melee units and one is stronger against ranged units so it's up to you you know if you want to to use one build or the other uh depending on the types of foes that you tend to face or maybe even depending on the types of ivs that you get if you get a minus resistance maybe you go for the the melee foes and the close range foes and maybe if you get uh you know plus resistance maybe you go for more of the ranged foes but it's up to you um but they are kind of different paths to follow so uh you know, it's, it would be a lot to try both of these builds out. So you'd have to choose one or the other. Also, I'm not going to use these dual skills in this build. So, you know, that can really impact things as, as we've already touched on. So let's take a look at these two different builds. And so the first one is going to be the close range threat in the enemy phase. And so for this, you know, both of these builds should sound familiar to experienced players. Uh, the first one is going to be a steady breath, quick repost build. So, using Steady Breath to speed his special cooldown and Quick Repost so we can actually double in the enemy phase. Uh, Quick Repost is really key to any of his enemy phase builds, and it's probably the most important skill that he'd be given. Uh, Even if you don't have some of these other skills, it can be really helpful for him. And it's helpful for him even if he just has the duel. Uh, skill on his A slot skill to help him uh, have some kind of ability to double other units. Otherwise he's just going to be hitting everybody once and he's going to be getting hit-, hit twice by everybody. So steady breath and quick repost. and this allows him to run a higher cooldown special like Ignis and be able to fire off an Ignis special every single time that he is attacked in the enemy phase where he's doubled. And for his C-slot skill, this is a little bit harder to decide. You can go with Infantry Pulse if you like, if you want him to support his teammates and that's his default c-slot skill so that works out fine but his hp isn't that high so i don't think he's the best user of infantry pulse necessarily Uh, and it's also not going to improve his matchups in the mass duel simulator that we're looking at so if we look at something a little bit more selfish uh, it's something that you touched on earlier phil is a, a ploy skill Uh, His resistance is really strong, and so you can give him, I think Attack Ploy is the best Ploy to give him. Uh, You know, all Ploy skills are 5-star exclusive locked, so they can be a little bit difficult to come by. Uh, But Attack Ploy works really well on a mixed tank like Hellbindy and he's just the perfect unit for it so just line him up uh, appropriately and he's going to be able to tank physical and magical hits which is really a nice benefit of his stats spread Uh, and then i'm going to give him the close defense sacred seal and i was taking a look at a plus attack minus speed version of him just like you did phil And for me, so I was in the simulator, I was looking at an unmerged copy of him versus unmerged foes. Uh, When you go like plus 10 versus plus 10, that tends to benefit enemy phase units. And it tends to, uh, like the ones that you're testing, and it tends to hurt more player phase units because enemy phase units benefit from the extra stats that they gain in HP, defense, and resistance. So uh, just wanted to clarify that, uh, how I looked at these units. And so I found that with this Ignis Steady Breath, quick riposte build that he he won 78% of his matchups in the enemy phase Uh, so definitely gives him a nice boost over the free-to-play build that you were taking a look at Phil and he does really well against blues and greens you know as you would expect and kind of as you noticed as well Phil Uh, obviously he has no way to counter ranged units so he's not going to win those matchups in the enemy phase uh, but he might be able to tank their hits in the enemy phase at least and then attack them in the player phase So that is uh, how he does with that first build. With the second high investment build, uh, we're going to give him distant counter and quick repose this time to be able to, to counter ranged units and we're gonna to have to lower his special cooldown count because he doesn't have steady breath anymore uh, with this build, then we're gonna need something that's gonna fire off more quickly. And so I would choose either Moonbow if you want it to activate every single combat that he's attacked in the enemy phase or Bonfire if you wanna take advantage of his high defense, but uh, keep in mind that he's not going to be activating Bonfire every combat. So. Uh, with this build, uh, you can also choose between Infantry Pulse or Attack Ploy, and then I think a Distant Defense Seal is probably the best way to go. He doesn't do as well in the enemy phase with this build. He gets a 62% uh, win rate in the enemy phase, and you know as you would expect, he's going to do better against ranged units and worse against close ranged units. So you know, that's kind of the trade-off to, to figure out. And again, just keep in mind, that's not using the arena, the dual skill that comes on his A slot skill. So you're not necessarily going to be able to replicate this in the arena and get his maximum scoring potential. So you might have to choose between the, using the dual skill on the A slot skill versus building him up to be as good as possible, where he might be better in uh, PvE mode. So that's just something to consider. But uh, why don't we get into our ratings of D? Um, what do you think about Hellbindy, Phil? What, how would you rate him?
0: Sure. Uh, before I get into my rating, I just I, I noticed that I had a discrepancy in the free-to-play build that I used. I, I said Heavy Blade, but I should have said Quick riposte, uh 3 as a Seal Slot skill. Um, he definitely is a unit that requires Quick repost if you are using him in the enemy phase, and so I just want to make that distinction. Uh, please use that instead of Heavy Blade. But you can try it, Heavy Blade out, of course, too. But, uh, but yeah, so... With the ratings, um, I'm going to give him a four out of five. Um, and, of course, uh, he's not rated on GamePress or Gamepedia yet. So, we can go into some speculation there of where he might be placed. But, um, yeah, four out of five for me. I think he would be placed about tier four, maybe tier three in GamePress, as well as maybe an A or A-plus in Gamepedia. Uh, I think that he comes with some great skills. Um and so if you're looking for, you know, like, infantry pulls of course, and, of course, dual infantry skills, he's worth summoning for that. But he, of himself, you know, he's just basically a, a little bit better of a min-maxed uh, Hawkeye. He does really well, like, if you do use Steady Breath and, and Quick repost, you know, he does fairly well with that 70 fa- 78% in the enemy phase, like you are saying, Grabs. But uh, he does require that investment, and he will lose out on the potential of scoring really well with your arena score Uh, by taking that dual skill out. I think that, um, of course, it depends on where you feel comfortable. If you don't necessarily need to be in the highest tiers of arena, if you're totally fine with being a tier or two lower, uh, but having a better unit as far as PvE content is concerned as well, then that's perfectly fine. He can run really well with that build, and he is a good unit in that regard. Um, But even so, I feel like he is not the best unit out there. Maybe that's just because of his stat spread. Maybe even though those stats look good, um, maybe it's not as effective as maybe a player phase type of unit uh, in the game right now. So yeah, a four out of five for me. How do you, how do you, how would you rate him Grebs? Uh,
1: so I think he's a bit better than that. Uh, I, you know, I like his weapon. I, I like the plus four boost, all of his stats. And, you know, I, I don't tend to like units as much that really excel in the enemy phase, but I think he's one of the best tanks, mixed tanks that we have in the game. Given his high defense and high resistance, his ability to run poise is a pretty nice bonus for him. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't notice that his stat spread is not too different from Hawkeye's. Uh, and I guess if Hawkeye gets a refinement down the road, that would certainly help Hawkeye. Uh, you know, depending on whatever the refinement might be. Um, but, you know, I was thinking of Helbindi more in terms of like Ashina, but without bold fighter, without access to a skill that allows him to double. And that does make a difference. But that was more of the, the comparison unit that I was thinking of. But I can definitely see where you're coming from as well. I think Hellbindy is like a better, you know, you touched on he's a better min-maxed version of Hawkeye. I think he can also be a better min-maxed version of of Sheena, except without that bold fighter skill, and that does make a pretty big difference there. Uh, but he does have access to a weapon that is probably better than like just a slaying axe or something like that. I don't think you're going to want to replace his weapon with a slaying. I don't think he would. He would do as well on the tier list as Sheena, I guess. Um, but he does also have that two movement, and he doesn't have to worry about giving up a C slot skill um, like Sheena might, or like a a teammate of Sheena might, in order to get her to be able to move two spaces. So thinking about the tier list, you know, maybe my rating is a little too high considering that I might be placing him in, like, tier three, um, but just my experience playing with him, I thought he did very well, um, and so I was impressed with that, but, uh, he, he also lacks, uh, any effectiveness, like, Uh, units aren't going to be effective against him there's no uh, aside from poison dagger there's no weapon that's going to be effective against him unlike for sheena so it'll make him a little bit tougher to kill in that respect, in the arena. So maybe rating's a little bit too high. Uh, he definitely doesn't have a player phase, but uh, I still think it is fun to get a unit like this. And, you know, his stat spread kind of reminds me a little bit of Winter Tharja. Uh, again, she's able to use bold fighters and other fighter skills, and he isn't. But uh, still kind of a cool stat spread and, and a cool unit to come out.
0: Yeah, those are some really good points there. And I I, I, I totally see where you're coming from as far as your rating is concerned and so i um those are really good points there and so he's he's a good unit um and he'd be fun to try out as well so all right let's move on to levitain um do you want to take the lead on this one greps
1: yeah are we describing uh the unit or the weapon oh uh take your pick um Her weapon, uh, do you think, what do you think came first, her weapon's name or her name? Was she named after her weapon or was her weapon named after her? It's hard to tell.
0: Oh, you know, this is a, that's a great question. It's the, it's the chicken and the egg thing all over again, right? And it's kind of a a deeper psychological question as well. Um, and I think, you know, with our backgrounds as well, I think we could, <laughs> Hey, maybe we could do a case study on this or something, but yeah. Um <laughs> so <laughs> right one of her game in-game quotes is
1: I am my my blade. <laughs> so yeah. maybe that's the answer that it, it's not that one is named after the other it's that she is literally her weapon is literally an extension of her or or vice versa I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if it's a if that's a delusion or or something <laughs> you know it's going on but <laughs> Yeah. So Um, anyway, uh, (laughs) Levitain
1: is definitely an interesting unit. We've been facing her for quite a long time in book two. So it's definitely interesting to gain access to be able to play as her. And she, when you consider that her weapon, which is also named Levitain, gives her plus three attack, then she can be tied for the highest attack stat in the game at base stats plus the three from her weapon so that's pretty incredible uh, because a lot of the units that have the highest attack stat in the game right now are armor units that get that extra uh, like 12 or so bst over her so that is impressive for her to do with a lot fewer stats and so in terms of her stats she at level 45 stars has 39 hp 37 attack 31 speed 34 defense, and 22 resistance. Has no super boons, only a super bane in HP, but that's not going to impact arena scoring at all on 63. I think the optimal IVs for her, uh, the number one is probably plus speed minus resistance. Number two is probably plus attack minus resistance. Both are very close, so if you get a plus speed or a plus attack, I think you've done very well for yourself in uh, summoning but you know take a look at her stats you'll notice her attack is so high her speed is really average and you know we have so many blade tome users out there that this Although this weapon is unique as a sword or as a a physical weapon in the game, we know what to look for when we get Blade Tome users in the game. And generally what's advised with Blade Tome users is that you want them to be really fast. At the expense of other stats, you want them to increase their speed. Because, uh, you know, as we'll touch on in a second with her weapon, as a a Blade type of weapon, uh, if, you know, it's going to get all these bonuses added on to attack and what works really well is if she's able to double then she's able to take advantage of bonuses twice so her speed looks like it might be unsalvageable to some people and some people are going to say just to focus on attack and that's one way to go but i think if you get a plus speed copy of her if you're lucky enough to do that then i think you can focus on really investing highly in speed for her to be able to double and if you don't get a plus speed copy, then maybe it's better to focus just on increasing attack. Uh, there's either way you go, I think you can make her into a really strong unit. So let's get into her weapon, as we've touched on, is also called Levatane. And this weapon grants her plus three to attack as a passive stat boost and As I mentioned, it's a blade blade. It's going to add all of the bonuses that she has, all of the visible bonuses, just like a blade tome does. And whatever her bonuses to all of her stats are, it adds those together and adds that to her damage that she deals to foes. So the incredibly strong, and she has the ability to do massive amounts of damage given her high attack, plus all the extra bonuses that she's gonna add into her attack. So this is very strong. And her skill set, as we'll touch on in a second, works really nicely for being able to activate some of the maximum potential for this weapon. But Phil, I want to get your thoughts on this weapon too, and get your initial thoughts on Levitain before we get too far into things. So what are your first thoughts on Levitain as a unit?
0: Sure. So I think that I, even though her speed is very mediocre, I feel like not only her base kit, but just... The resources that are out there as far as team building is concerned can really help her out to get that speed up there and and to be able to utilize the effectiveness effectiveness of her weapon which is set up as a blade tome as you mentioned and so i i feel like even though she has that going against her i feel like there is enough to mitigate that situation to and and make her just really powerful um with her attack as as you try to buff up her speed but i i uh, but yeah, like if, if you do get, like you mentioned, a plus speed version of her, then go ahead and keep trying to buff up her speed even more, um, and, and it might be wiser to focus on buffing up her attack if she does have a buff in attack or just a, a debuff even in speed. So yeah, so I, th- I think that she is able to utilize that, and I feel like we haven't had Many, uh, I mean, I, I think of Nino, I think of Odin as well, I guess, that our infantry units that have blade tomes. We have been working with blade tome infantry units for a while now. We kind of know how to set that up. And even though they don't have emblem buffs available to them, they do have tactic buffs. They have drive skills as well. Um, wave skills, of course, are a new thing that really help her, help her and help blade tome users out a lot. And so I think that um, I think that her base kit, of course, will help her a ton, and she can only go up from there. And so I think her stats are very well rounded. Uh, she has more attack, of course, uh, than Ira. I'm comparing her to Ira. Um, she has more defense as well. It's just that that lack of speed, which can be mitigated uh, with uh, uh, with some buffs from either herself or from other people as well and to make her good. So, um, yeah, on that topic, like it's not a new brand new type of skill, but she does come with odd speed wave. And, uh, that is the final odd wave skill in the game that we have released now. And there's only one wave skill remaining. And that's like you mentioned before, even attack. Um, which uh, looks like you sh- you, sh- you say that you sh- it should have been released on Lewin. <laughs> Care to expound on that?
1: Well, it's just weird that we got odd attack wave released on a second unit. Uh, you know, we could have gotten even attack wave just as easily on Lewin a couple weeks ago. So it it's strange that we got two of the same wave skill when we didn't have the other you know the other uh, turn version of that wave skill. So. Whatever, I guess eventually we'll get even attack wave. They're just kind of holding off on giving us that copy of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I I think uh, that's pretty much all I have to say. I think the the reason that I really feel she can go toe-to-toe as far as speed is concerned, almost toe-to-toe uh, with units like Carla and Ira is because of that odd speed wave. And she comes with it naturally to be able to help her out uh, uh, at least a little bit as far as getting enough speed. Maybe not to match them per se, but to at least have enough speed to double other units in the game right now and so um yeah, so I I despite her low speed, I am a fan of her stat spread and what she brings to the table.
1: Yeah, she's never going to be able to match Ira or Carla's uh, max speed potential. But, uh, you know, in terms of a raw attack, that might make up for that difference. And she can boost her, her attack and speed pretty high, especially with the skills that she comes with. And so you mentioned Odd Speed Wave, very strong skill for her. And, uh, it, you know, it is cool that we're getting the other version of the Speed Wave skill, since now we have both copies of that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how people might combine even and odd skills of the same type together on team uh, compositions to try to get those those types of buffs in all turns um but so you know this works really well for her to give her plus six speed on odd turns and so that's going to help get her a lot faster to at least have the potential to double a lot more units or void a lot speed but i think it's you know maybe just as exciting that she also comes with attack defense link and although this is a skill that sumia has already come out with Uh, it's still a very strong skill and it works perfectly with her c slot skill with odd speed wave because remember attack defense link produces visible stat buffs and it's plus six to both attack and defense in the case of attack defense link and wave skills also produce visible buffs so that's going to give plus six to attains uh, speed and so she just on her own with just one reposition or one movement skill used on her or by her on another unit she can have plus six visible buffs to attack speed and defense and i would say those are probably the three stats that she wants to get visible buffs in the most with resistance being the least important to get a buff in but she can still get that from another teammate uh in terms of maybe a a res tactic skill um so she can get a lot of visible buffs on her own or with just you know one movement skill used by her or on her and that all of those visible buffs are going to add up and you know with her her weapon being a blade type of weapon that's going to be incredibly helpful for her and it's going to make a huge difference and you know already getting plus six to attack speed and defense on any normal unit that would be very strong without having to factor in anything else but the fact that she has this blade type of weapon makes that go a lot farther so odd speed wave and attack defense link are fantastic skills for her and she also comes with swap and fury uh there was a meme the other day the 200 uh, iq brain meme the other day on reddit where someone was joking about using her to fodder off fury or swap so don't do that um, you, you don't want 200 IQ brain uh, don't fodder <laughs> off her for either of those skills odd speed wave or attack defense link are definitely the ways to go if you do uh, get extra copies of her and are interested in foddering her merging her up uh, but why don't we get into some different builds and talk about some of her matchups uh, Phil do you want to start off with a build that you took a look at
0: I will. Um, I I love those 200 IQ uh, memes that they put out on Reddit. Um, Those are fun. But anyway, uh, I think this is a great segue because of uh, the plus six to her attack, defense, and speed. If all those conditions kind of work together in tandem, you're going to get a great result, and that is evident in the free-to-play build that I made. Um, I basically added Glimmer and Heavy Blade the heavy blade sacred seal, uh, to her and gave her either an attack or speed boon. Uh, either one was, uh, got about the same results actually. And a resistance bane, of course. So, so I, I in, in this situation, as far as theory is concerned in a, in a, in a simulating event, uh, both attack or, uh, either attack or speed worked out just the same. But if you were able to activate her, um, say someone else moved her uh, in the player phase, so someone else swapped with her or repositioned her, and you ha- it was an odd uh, turn, and you had the wave skill activated. So, so, you know, suppose that you have her link skill and her wave activated plus 6 to uh, attack speed and defense, meaning you get plus 18 added to her attack on top of that. She got uh, 88% in the player phase with just that. Um, and the increase in how well she did is really evident when you take those buffs away And so she got a little bit over 50% It's about 51 or 2% without her link skill and If you took away her wave skill as well, she went down to 37% and so it's just amazing how almost like exponential the the growth is for a blade tome uh, in general, but with her Levitane weapon, uh, it's it's just really, really amazing. I switched out some things. I switched out def- uh, attack defense link uh, with Desperation, and if you were able to get those same plus six buffs to Levitan in another way through a teammate with tactic buffs, uh, and he had Desperation activated, she gets up to 88% as well. And so if you were leaning towards a more Of a speed build and you wanted to use desperation and if you were fine by putting her on a tactic team or just somehow getting her up to the same level as she was able to with a link skill maybe you have trouble activating link skills in in your practicality and how you play Um, then i mean this this plan b could be an option to reach the same level as well she does lose to a few versions of Ira um, and, you know, tanky blue units like Effie and Brave Hector, but, I mean, with 88%, that's that's a lot of the cast, and, and, and so she uh, was able to do really well, and of course, we still have resistance to add to it as well. I didn't do it in the simulation, but imagine if you added another 6 to her resistance, and In lieu of that, another 6 to her attack, meaning plus 24 to her attack, uh, she's well into the 90th uh, percent or so um, as far as KOs are concerned in the player phase. And so she, as any other Blade Tome unit has had before, a lot of potential uh, to get uh, a lot of KOs. And I think that she has the tools herself with her base kit as well as the options that we've had for a long while as far as buffing uh, Blade Tome users in general, uh, she has all of that, and so I think she does really well with her base kit, and I'm really pleased with the results. Uh, I'll turn it over to you for a different type of investment as far as builds are concerned, and I'm ready to learn how well she did with that.
1: Well, so you know, I looked at Game Presses all their builds, and they have a lot of different builds for her. And they have a lot of really high ills. They have skills like death blow Four and steady breath and special spiral and uh, odd attack wave, you know, some of the most expensive, but some of the best skills in the game. And I have to say that I think that if you are going to invest in all of those skills that you're probably wasting them on her because her base kit is so good and it works so well. So. I, I don't know, you know, it, it seems like they're going to be uh, suggesting a special spiral as the optimal skill for a lot of units in the game. And yeah, it's a good skill, but I think it still requires some setup for most units to do well with that type of a skill. And so I think for for what, for what my money, I think you want to keep a very similar build to what you just went over with a free-to-play build, because she can already pretty much support herself with her build. So unless, as you mentioned, unless you're looking to build a team around her, then I, I don't see why you'd want to do that necessarily, because a lot of the time we talk about if you require team composition and team support, that it makes the unit not quite as good. Uh, because that's just a little bit harder to set up. So I think attack, defense, link, and odd speed wave are an excellent combination of skills. I even think that Fury as her A slot skill works very nicely with her to, you know, it gives her plus three more to her speed, which she really wants. It gives her plus three more to her attack, which is like a drop in the bucket of her amazing uh, attack. Her defense is even really strong, so I think she benefits really nicely from Fury in both player and enemy uh, player phase and enemy phase. And I agree with you that Glimmer is the way to go as the special. you know, As we know, adding on all these uh, buffs to attack can make a big difference when you're running a skill like Glimmer to be able to take out units. So you know, I don't have a, an insanely high investment build to, to tell you about here because, I mean, you're welcome to take a look at GamePress and Gamepedia and see their builds. And some of them might serve you well. But I think why mess with something that works really well? I, I, hate that when a unit comes with really good skills that sometimes sites recommend replacing all of them with different skills so um, you can definitely (laughs) do that if you want if you think that is worthwhile to your play style but when I tested this uh, this build that I just mentioned with basically her base kit and a plus a speed plus three sacred seal with a plus speed minus resistance copy of her, I was able to get her up to 93% of the KOs in the player phase in the mass duel simulator when she had attack defense link activated on an odd turn. So that was giving me flashbacks to Brave Celica with her just insane (laughs) abilities in the player phase. Uh, But I would say, you know, Levitain is going to be a lot better in the enemy phase because of her high defensive stat. She's going to want to avoid uh, mages, definitely, um, at least with this particular build with with her base kit. She's going to want to avoid mages for the most part. But she is such a strong unit, and she definitely stands out, just like Brave Celica did to me. She stands out in a really crowded field of red infantry units. So that's my thoughts on things. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that.
0: No, uh, that's really cool that um, her base kit just does so well. And uh, it's very interesting that these higher investment uh, skills, even though they might make situations a little bit different and maybe give her some advantages in certain areas. If we're just looking at her raw ability, then it's it's really nice to just have a unit already ready to go. So that's cool to know.
1: Yeah. We don't uh, always have to like tell you about the, you know, how you can spend the most orbs to make a unit good. Sometimes you can make a unit good without very much at all. So mm-hmm. and, <laughs> she is definitely that, one of those cases.
0: Yeah. And that's what I've learned uh, throughout the show is that a lot of units can just get by just really well with with uh what you've got in your barracks and so it's pretty cool uh how would you rate levitain
1: so i think her weapon is something that really makes her stand out you know amongst all these other red infantry units her her blade blade is an incredible weapon (laughs) her absurdly high attack also helps her stand out I, the really her big weakness is her low speed or her average speed at 31, which is fairly low for a, a new unit these days where we usually get units with like 34 speed or higher. So, uh, you know, I think you can salvage her speed, though. If you happen to pull a plus speed copy of her, then, you know, that's going to bring her up to 34 speed. Her speed wave skill can boost her up to 40 speed on odd turns. Uh, If you're using Fury, that can get her up to 43 speed. And then going with the the speed plus three sacred seal, which is what I was doing in my build that I just talked about, that gets her up to 46 speed without any merges on odd turns. So I don't think anybody would be saying that her speed is low if they saw her with 46 speed on odd turns. So of course, that's a little inconsistent because it's only going to be every other turn. Uh, but her speed can definitely be salvaged Uh, she's definitely going to be able to be able to double with her weapon if you do happen to get a plus speed copy of her even if you don't 43 speed isn't bad if you get a neutral speed copy of her so if you don't get a plus speed copy then you can definitely try to focus more on increasing her attack to try to boost her one hit ko potential basically turn her into a physical version of lolina Uh, So I think she's an incredibly strong unit. She has a great kit that she comes with. It synergizes really well with her Wave Attain weapon. And so I'm going to give her a 5 out of 5. So what would you say, Phil? Would you agree with that? Would you say she's not quite as good? What do you think?
0: I am right there with you, Greps. I gave her a 5 out of 5 as well. Uh, Just for all the reasons that you mentioned, her base kit, her attack, her potential with her blade... Um, Even though, you know, with her speed being mediocre, there's still ways to make up for that. I think even with just a few buffs, um, with the the buffs that she comes with with her base kit, I think she is just amazing It has so much potential. And like you meant, that comparison that you made with Brave Celica, she does stand out as far as being able to um, just for raw output of damage and, and KO capability. Uh, she stands up there with with some of the brave uh, heroes, so it's it's crazy. So I I really think she's great. I think she's right up there with tier two in tier two. Um, if they do come out with uh, uh, some sort of red infantry skill as dual skill, maybe maybe tier one to match Zelgius. But uh, I would I would predict that she's up there with with Celica and Ira and Carla in tier two on Game Press and. I don't know where they are on game Gamepedia. I think it's like S or something, but uh, I, I would put her up there in in the S rank as well. She's just a great unit and worth summoning for if you do, or and worth using if you do summon her. So,
1: oh yeah, and and one thing I want to add is so she comes with attack defense link, and I think a perfect team partner for her would be legendary Lucina. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned when Legendary Lucina came out that Link skills will do really well with her, yeah. uh, because of her ability to use Future Vision and then attack again. Well, if you don't have Attack Defense Link or another Link skill on Lucina herself, well, maybe it's worth using Levitane together with Legendary Lucina. You'll have a red and a blue unit, and Lucina can use Attack De- or can use Future Vision to swap with Levitane. And then both of them can act again with the incredible boost that they're going to get from this link skill. So I think they would be perfect team partners for each other. Um, and I think that's a really good way to go if you happen to have both of them.
0: Exactly. So good point there. And yeah, I think that does it for Levitan. And before we move on, I, I have a joke for you, Grabs. Yeah. What is another name for stockings that you can pull up to your knee knee high stockings
1: uh gosh i have no idea
0: leg yarn (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) i just came up with that uh but (laughs) so our third unit if you haven't noticed is (laughs) leg yarn um i I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it, but... Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I like th- I like when characters pronounce their names because it gives us uh, a little bit of assistance. And yeah. <laughs> absolutely, that's how she pronounced her name was leigh So I w- I think before that I was pronouncing it like John. yarn But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. another uh, Camus uh, instance where we find out that a name is pronounced oh, yeah. in, a- in a way that we weren't expecting.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, I hope that... That jo- joke aside, you know, I hope, uh, uh, yeah, that helps with uh, remembering how to pronounce her name. But even so, Legyarn. Let's let's talk about her. Uh, so she comes with uh, 41 HP, 32 attack, 36 speed, 36 defense, and 17 resistance at level 40 neutral IVs. With a super bane in resistance and a BST total of 158. So some optimal IVs if you're looking for that is, of course, plus attack or plus speed, uh, since those will help her out uh, more so than the others. Her defense is really good, but uh, hopefully you keep that at neutral, and um, I guess you could you could make it work with a plus uh, defense as well, since it's so high. But minus resistance, of course, even though she has a super bane her sitting at 158 BST is high enough that she won't suffer from as far as calculations are concerned, if she is at minus resistance. So yeah, so that's her stat spread and her weapon is new. Uh, it's not, not brand new. It's, it's, that's what it's called is it's new. Well, it's definitely new, new. She's uh, grants. A new plus uh, it is a new weapon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, after a while though it will still be new it won't be old i guess that's one benefit of that weapon yeah uh yeah if if cars could do the same thing and stay brand new that would be amazing right but uh so her weapon grants plus three speed uh bringing her speed up to 39 if that was at neutral ivs and it adds 50 percent of total bonuses on foe two units attack speed defense and resistance during combat so basically uh to wrap your head around this if if the enemy that you're facing has a hone emblem buff right a plus six to attack and speed then you're going to add 12 stats total to that enemy unit in general right just across the board and what that means is when leg yarn is going up against that unit she's going to take half of that the total bonuses that the enemy has so half of 12 is six, and so you're going to add plus six to attack, speed, defense, and resistance to leg yarn, which is pretty cool. Um, I it, it, it's it's of course hit and miss, I think, because maybe you won't go up against a unit that has all those buffs or even a buff to take advantage of. Uh, but if you do happen to go up against an all armor team or something like that, or all dragon team. Uh, mixed team as well and they're playing with with some buffs then leg yarn has a ton of potential there um similar to in it i think it's it's harder to reach this the same potential as her sister levitain does with her blade tone but it's it's almost uh, it's kind of in the same direction but from a different angle and i think it's it's still pretty cool and and, and innovative i I we really haven't seen uh, a weapon do this yet. I think so. I am a fan of it, and I, I can't wait to see it uh, used in in real life. But what are your what are your thoughts on both? Leg yarn, as far as her stats are concerned, as well as her weapon.
1: Well, so I guess, I mean, we faced her for quite a while in uh, book two as well. And I guess maybe I didn't look so closely at her weapon's effect, uh, at least until she was released. And so when I first saw that, uh, I thought, oh man, it adds 50% of her total bonuses on to attack, speed, defense, and resistance. So it's like a blade weapon, but for all four stats, but just at a reduced, Mm. reduced amount. And that, I thought this was like the most overpowered weapon we've ever seen in the game. But considering that it works off of foes' stat boosts, that definitely makes it less powerful. Uh, as you mentioned, it's just going to be inconsistent. It's hit or miss. Uh, if you know, a lot of the time in PVE modes, you're not going to be facing foes with buffs or any significant buffs because the the computer doesn't use uh, buffs very well most of the time in the game. So it's hard to really count on that there. Now, in the arena, if you score high enough to the point where you have foes using dual rally skills, especially these uh, dual rally plus skills that are now starting to be released, then this is going to give a huge boost to Legyarn in all of her stats when you start factoring in all of the bonuses that it's going to be giving her. Um, but the fact that it's dependent on foes drops it down A tier in my in my mind in terms of how good of a weapon it can be, since you just can't go into battle ahead of time knowing that that's going to happen. And it's not even all that hard to manipulate the AI so that they, you know, so that maybe they can't give buffs to their units, like to separate them so they can't be buffing each other. Um, So I don't know. I guess if they're going to be getting a bunch of buffs to their stats, then Leg yarn is kind of going to enter this arms race with them, and she's going to get. Bonuses to her stats as well, which is going to help her out quite a bit. But it's just too situational in my mind to be one of the best weapons in the game.
0: Exactly, it's it's, it's not as uh, dependable as Levitane's Levitane. So, but it's still very interesting, and I, I can't wait to see it uh, being used. And I don't know, maybe it creates such a I don't know if it would create such a problem uh, that it would uh, change up meta the meta to where people don't run a lot of buffs in that regards or something like that i don't know if it's enough to do that sort of thing but if it ever did then of course um you know leg yarn wouldn't be as useful but in a meta right now where uh maybe the chances are high that you do run into a lot of enemies that use these buffs then um all the more power to her so
1: yeah and it's interesting because i mean so leg yarn can do really well to negate your buffs because she gets all these bonuses to her stats if you if you are buffed and you're facing a leg yarn, and kind of on the other side of things, Levahtain really wants a lot of buffs, and so she can be dealt with with panic ploy. So these are two things that if you're facing them, um, then you know there might be some ways to mitigate these effects, uh, or, or that you might be in trouble if you're really highly buffed. <laughs> Uh, if you're facing a leg yarn and, or if you're, uh, Levitame, then you might be in trouble if you're highly buffed, if you're facing a unit with panic ploy.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, one, one other thought that I just had too, like, I, you probably mentioned it as well, but of course, levitate or sorry, leg yarn is a flying unit. And so she does have access to those same emblem buffs that we were talking about, uh, being beneficial on enemies. And so she, even if I guess y- enemy units don't have those buffs as well, she could still get some buffs from her teammates, and still, you know, perform just as well as any other uh, flying unit is concerned. And so, that's something to take into account as well. Um, so, not all hope is lost. I think even if you face up face against units that don't have those those big buffs in in play. So, um, moving on to her new skill, of course, is red dual flying three. Uh, we've already mentioned our thoughts on these skills in general, and, and of course we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this in future data mine, but Greps, um, as far as the red flying units are concerned, what are your thoughts on which units do best with these skills?
1: So just like I mentioned before, dancers are going to be able to equip these skills without many repercussions because they're not missing out on A slot skills. And what do you know? We have Flying Olivia as probably the best supportive dancer, at least. So look out to all the people in Tier 20 or Tier 21, because you might be seeing some Flying Olivias and some Performing Arts Azuras or Performing Arts Inigos in the arena. So it is going to be scary for people like me who aren't having to deal with dancers because we (laughs) thought we scored out of the range of having to deal with them so the game is going to get more challenging uh, certainly for me Um, so flying olivia is an interesting unit to give this to but again she has the same downsides as the other dancers that we've talked about that she's a five star exclusive unit and if you don't have her heavily merged then you know she's probably not going to boost your score unless you have her really heavily merged but that can be pretty hard to do Uh, Alicia, another five star unit, the red flyer, probably the best red flyer in the game. You know, obviously, she would be a great unit to have in the high tier arena, too. But again, she has the same drawbacks as Olivia, but even more so because she probably would like to have an A slot skill that's powerful and offensive to help her out. So. You know those are two units to consider but really you know just like we mentioned before some of the units that might benefit the most from these types of skills are going to be the units that are highly available to people especially free-to-play players or, or lower spenders in the game that might want to look for units with prf weapons uh, that they might be able to merge up at three or four stars and so a unit that comes to mind uh, readily for me is shida who has uh, her prf weapon and is going to be able to get merged up fairly easily and score very highly in the arena. So, uh, And she also has her effectiveness against armor and cavalry units, which is uh, something else that can be pretty helpful in the arena too. So uh, what else? Anybody else that, that comes to mind for you that would do well with uh, red flying skill?
0: Yeah, I mean, in addition to what you're saying, or to reinforce what you're saying as well, I think Sheeta is an interesting option for all players, uh, regardless if they're free to play or not. Uh, I mean, she's a little bit easier to merge up as well, and she does have that effectiveness against armor units with her wing sword and cavalry. But um, that might be—I've seen a couple of builds of Sheeta in, in where I'm at in in arena, and they've they've been really really good. And so, I I could see Sheeta uh, pulling up and and being a little bit more popular as more of an anti armor. Uh, check uh, that people might use and so who knows but it's really interesting with this skill to see units like Halloween Naoi, Summer Tana, Summer Young Tiki, Legendary Ryoma and you mentioned Elincia uh, have the potential to score just as well as Zelgius. Uh, Of course it's at the disadvantage of using that A slot skill where a lot of these units do need that to be viable. Perfect example in, in Elincia and uh, Sheeta as well probably would need some sort of a skill to help her out with her low attack. But still, um, there are some options there to hope maybe build her in a different way to to mitigate that that situation. But um, it's it's just really interesting to see these units all of a sudden scoring just as well as Zelgius. and so it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Probably not going to see a bunch a bunch of them because most of them are either legendary or. Uh, uh, seasonal units and so chances are you might not look to either merge them up in general or just have a chance to merge them up even if you wanted to and so uh, yeah very very interesting and that's pretty much all all I have to say about that and once again we'll talk more about these skills in the later episode yeah
1: we've talked a lot about these one last thing I'll say is you know when you're thinking about like where, who is going to want these skills? So people who are free to play that don't have the high, like all, like fully merged teams or really high, like don't care about arena scoring all that much. These skills shouldn't really matter much to you. They, they shouldn't be really attractive skills that you try to pull for because, you know, as we mentioned, they're not going to make a huge difference for scoring unless you really have uh, heavily merged units. So I don't think this should be a big difference for those types of people. If, if you're listening and you don't really care about arena scoring or don't have heavily merged units, don't worry about this. But on the other side of things, if you have like heavily merged units or if you have uh, some of the 175 range units, uh, BST units like like we mentioned before, Hardin and Male Grima and those types of units, then this also doesn't matter to you because 170 BST is lower than 175. So this is really targeting people who care about arena scoring, but don't have the best units uh, to get into the arena with and might, might rather pull for one skill to be able to improve their scoring, but not wanting to pull for a bunch of copies of five-star exclusive units. So that's where this comes in handy for, you, for people. So if that fits the category and, and how you play the game, then maybe these are attractive skills to go for. Uh, if it doesn't, then I don't think you really have to worry about these too much
0: good point. So yeah, it's all according to how you want to play the game. And um, but yeah, so I, I do have some more to say on that regard. But um, I'll save that for a future episode. But um, so uh, uh, I'm looking at Sheeta, but we're not talking about Sheeta, we're talking about Yarn. She comes with Bonfire. She comes with Chill Attack. Uh, it's not the first time we've seen it. And of course, it but it is the first time that it's been it is now in the main summoning pool it was previously on bridal ninian and so that's pretty cool that we get that as well as distant guard 3 now you have here in the notes grabs that uh, we know that um, this this was originally on legendary lucina and so not only is is this skill now available in the main summoning pool but it's the first skill from a legendary hero that has come into the the main pool Uh, it's no longer exclusive only to legendary units and i thought that was pretty cool
1: yeah i'm I'm pretty sure about that that i mean i think we've had other skills that legendary units share with non-legendary units of course but it's the i think it's the first legendary exclusive skill that we've seen come into the main summoning pool so uh paging speed tactic we are waiting for you in the main summoning pool to complete our tactics teams
0: (laughs) <laughs> Where are you? Come on. <laughs> uh one day we'll get speed tactic. Uh maybe they'll just come out with a a seal instead and just um quench our thirst there for speed tactic. But
1: <laughs> I guess, I guess. Uh, if they want to start giving us some decent uh decent seals
0: for a change. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's been kind of a drought uh of of some high quality seals uh in the game so far. But uh we'll pray for the best, but Uh, Anyway, let's move on to her free to play build. I thought this was pretty interesting. So, the only uh, addition that I gave her was Close Defense 3 as a seal to not only, or just to improve a little bit more on her defense there. Even though it's really big, uh, it it definitely helps out her bonfire as well when it activates. So, uh, without any buffs from new. She gets fifty-eight percent in the enemy phase, fifty-nine percent in the player phase. Very balanced there, but less than average. So uh, I thought about how to uh, make sure she does get uh, the buffs from New. Let's and it, I thought it was kind of hard to to set up the simulation. But I what I did was I just added those buffs directly to her um, to her buff uh, part of her calculator. So her calculation. And so uh, going back to what I mentioned before and, and the explanation of how this weapon works, I, I took into account just one emblem. You're going up a, against an enemy with just one emblem buff. And so they have plus six to uh, two different stats, for example. And so that adds plus six, you know, plus 12 to the enemy. Take that in half, plus six. So you add plus six to attack, uh, speed, resistance, and defense to leg yarn. And if you did that, she goes up to 76% in the player phase, uh, which is quite an improvement. And if you were going up in, against an enemy with plus 6 in all stats, and so let's say they receive two different um, emblem buffs, both to attack speed and one to defense resistance, then you are adding plus to adding plus 12 to all of Yarn's stats and she got up to 91% in the player phase and about 89% in the enemy phase and so she stayed pretty balanced in between the two phases just because of the sheer addition to her stats and i mean, of course her really high defense goes up well against a lot of the melee characters that are more prevalent in this list of course and so i feel like that helps her out as far as balance is concerned but she did really well um, she did lose to a couple versions of Zelgius, Naui, Effie, and pretty much all of the brave Hector's out there and so she does lose to of course those blue units that are a little bit more prevalent in the game right now but um, there were only 19 units or versions of units that she lost to uh, and so I feel like the the potential that she has where enemy units get even stronger with those, those buffs, she got just as strong, if not stronger, than them with her weapon. And so uh, I feel like, uh, I mean, if you were to add just plus six to, to each stat, if you were to add uh, not through her weapon, but through either a hone or a fortify um, emblem buff to her, you know, just because of her teammates and just being on a flying team in general, you would be able to do that. She would still get up to 76%, which is pretty average, and and not bad. And of course, uh, she has that potential to go further because of her weapon. So, um, uh, for example, if you were, uh, yeah, I guess if you were to go up against, um, have all those hone, sorry, those those hone and Fortify buffs on leg yarn from your own team, and went up against a enemy unit with just one emblem buff then you would reach up to the 91 uh in the player phase so uh so i i feel like that situation can uh although it it seemed like it was impossible or not as likely it, it can be possible especially if you build her team her around a team that really helps to buff her up and so um i thought that was pretty cool and i think that she would do well with her base kit so um a question for you. Did, so you gave her. I, I know you, you're
1: representing the uh, the bus that she gets from new <clears throat> with the plus six to each stat. Did you also give the uh, the foes in the Mastool Simulator the the stat boost as well to represent the stat? Boost I
0: didn't, that and have? that and I guess that's why it's it's kind of hard to really pinpoint how well she would do because I I I did that for one unit. I I did it in particular with with an effie. You know, for example. I gave her plus six to attack and defend, or attack and speed, if as if she was getting hone armor. And I noticed that um, yarn did better against this Effie, this particular Effie, but not by much, not enough to to kill her outright. And so, um, yeah, so it's it, it it's true. It's like if if the the buffs that the enemies got were just like panic ployed or something like that or, or just because uh, that that is true the 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 simulation did go up against the enemy units without those buffs and so i guess that kind of puts a wrench in into how well leg yarn could do maybe she won't reach 91 percent. <laughs> that's a that's a really good um good point that you make there Uh, Yeah, I mean, the the one
1: set of buffs could represent, as you mentioned, the the emblem buffs that she could be receiving because that doesn't impact, um, that's not impacted by the foes buffs. But uh, so a suggestion for you as well as for any listeners out there uh, in the Mass Duel Simulator, if you're using the same one that we're using made by Arctic Silver Fox, um, there is a, a checkmark selection, a radio box that you can check off that says Enable Mass Enemy Adjustment and it's by default it is not selected in the mass dual simulator but if you check on it then it brings up another panel of options that you can choose it's kind of like an advanced panel of options that you can uh, you can do some different things in there and one of the things that you can do is add buffs or debuffs to all of the units in the mass dual simulator at the same time so I think that might be one way that uh, that maybe some of our listeners could check out what kind of a difference it would make if the units had buffs. And assuming that uh, Arctic Silver Fox, the, the person who maintains this Mass Dual Simulator, assuming that he has programmed uh, Leg Yarn's weapon correctly, then as you add the buffs to the units, then it should automatically add uh, the stats to Leg Yarn in combat. So uh, hopefully that's all been programmed correctly. Um, you should see that as you add buffs to enemies with against Leg Yarn, that Leg Yarn should probably continue to do better against them. And if she doesn't, then that might mean that it's not programmed right. But this is an easy way to add in the Mass Duel Simulator at the same time instead of having to go through one by one if you have a lot of units. Or you can add boosts that they might get from Legendary Heroes all at once. So just a, a suggestion for everybody out there on how you might be able to simulate some of these things that can be hard to figure out how to do
0: right uh thank you for that because i i remember the old version i was able to find it but i i totally was looking for something like that here and i totally and i missed it uh as you were talking i was a i found it on the on the the simulator i was able to put in uh those calculations there and i found out that adding just the uh the hone attack and speed buff To everyone and I mean if everyone everyone's not on an emblem team of course but let's say they got them through tactic skills or something like that but adding that did bring her pretty close to to um what I found out just by adding straight up buffs to herself and so it was it was a few percentages left uh, or uh, less than than 91 it was like 85 percent or so doing some quick math off the top of my head but um I thought it was really interesting without any buffs to, to leg yarn herself. And if you were to add full emblem buffs to everyone in, in the simulator, she, she got to about 90%. And so, um, of course, like you're saying, maybe, maybe the calculations, um, could be, uh, I don't know if the, calc- I, I, I'm assuming the calculations are correct here in, in the system itself, but, um, but she just, she did just as well. And so, um, I, I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, in one way you can test that because sometimes, especially for new newer units, sometimes it takes uh, a few days to get their all their skills and everything programmed correctly. I can only I like I don't do much programming. I've never done much yeah. programming, but I can imagine it can be difficult to get some of these things to work correctly. But one thing you could do to test it, uh, whether you want to do it now or just for our listeners out there, is you could replace her weapon with a weapon of the same might. So perhaps like a silver sword. I. It mm-hmm. might need to be attack refined. Yeah. Just give her a weapon with the same might and see if she ends up doing worse and with the enemy having all of those buffs. And then that could kind of replicate uh, what her weapon would be like if the effect wasn't programmed in at all. And so if it gets worse with a silver sword, then you know that the weapon is probably programmed correctly. If it stays the... Uh, yeah, if it stays exactly the same, then that means they haven't programmed in the effect mm. for her weapon. And I noticed that with Helbindi, by the way, like for the first couple days, that his uh, his wave, like Spectrum wave, wasn't built into the simulator. So sometimes those things just take a few days to to iron out. And I can certainly understand that from, from their perspective on how that might be difficult to do all of these things.
0: For sure. <laughs> uh, quick update as well. I did put in the silver weapon with a plus attack refine. And it did significantly worse than her weapon, so so it looks like her weapon is up to date in the simulator.
1: Yeah, and I guess give her that uh, plus three speed too, because her weapon oh, gives yeah. her give her a plus three speed buff. And if that's ex- if that's different, then yeah, definitely. Just sorry, forgot about that too as uh, an, an additional bonus. Any updates there? <laughs> uh, yeah, this. yeah,
0: it's um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely worse than what she was getting before. So
1: yeah. Yep. So that is our scientific method of testing out, just to make sure that these uh, <laughs> that these buffs are applying correctly. We do variable at a time instead of changing everything, right. and then we can find out if uh, if everything is working as expected, or if we need to contact the creators of these <laughs> these uh, applications and just let them know to change something about it. Right.
0: A little bit of a behind the scenes action here on Pheology. uh for all you guys. It's a, a special look into how we do it. So. <laughs>
1: All right. Yeah. So I think that w- was that everything that you wanted to say for the free to play build there.
0: Yeah. Um. That's that's pretty much it. So I'll turn it over to you for a higher investment, uh, build.
1: Yeah. And this time I will be replacing some of her skills. I don't think she comes with an optimal kit, and I do think there are some higher investment skills that might be required to have Leg yarn reach her full potential here. So, uh. So I'm gonna give her, you know, when she is facing foes with. Uh, buffs visible buffs to them then glimmer is going to help her score higher just like a blade weapon would Uh, and for her a slot skill it is kind of a toss-up between deathblow 4 and fury so obviously fury is a much cheaper option deathblow 3 is a little bit worse than Uh, fury is not a bad way to go at all if you have some hinatas available to you Uh, Or if you pull an extra Levitan and you have 200 uh, IQ brain, then that could be a way to go. Just kidding. Don't do that. Um, (laughs) But so Deathblow 4 and Fury are both about equal options for her if you want to build her. Uh, Deathblow 4 would be more towards a player phase build and Fury could be either player phase or enemy phase either way. Uh, I, chill Attack is a rare skill in the game. It's not necessarily the best skill for Levitain, in my opinion, because she doesn't have high mixed bulk. Uh, if she's facing units like magical based units, then it's not going to help her that much for survivability for them. So, if you know, I would personally. If you want to maximize her her player phase potential her offensive potential then giving her a skill like chill defense is going to work better uh, there's nothing wrong with sticking with chill attack though and that can help her be a stronger defensive unit that might be able to tank some physical attacks a little bit better and as far as her sacred seal goes i would give her attack plus three and i'm leaving her c slot empty i know you know we could give her a wave skill or something like that but I am personally against giving flyers and armor units and even cavalry units wave skills unless it just screams out as like the best skill for them because of emblem buffs and an emblem buff is going to be able to give that wave skill plus another skill and most emblem buffs are pretty readily available aside from honed flyers it would be great to get that in the four star pool finally but we still don't have that so Personally, I would run a flyer um, right. emblem C slot skill, probably uh, uh, four to five flyers on her, since that's readily available. And you know, as you mentioned, you can consider that she might get the the benefits of flyer buffs from some of her allies. And so, with this build, I found that she can reach eighty two percent win rate in the player phase. Um, it's, you know, it, it takes quite a bit of investment to achieve this, and this is before getting fire buffs too. Uh, she's not going to be as strong as in, in the enemy phase because I was testing her with deathblow 4. But as I mentioned, Fury performs just about as well as death blow 4. It's not going to score quite as well in the arena. But if you really care about scoring in the arena, you're not going to give her death blow 4. You're going to give her, or you're going to keep on her, her dual skill, and don't even worry about uh, offensive high scoring skills for the arena so uh those are my thoughts on on a build that i would use for leg yarn i know that there are other builds that you might consider according to game press and and gamepedia probably has some as well but that's probably what i would use on her so anyway uh why don't we go over some of the ratings for leg yarn and phil i'd like to hear from you what you think of leg yarn after seeing these simulations and and Discussing her quite a bit. What what are your impressions of her?
0: Sure. So I started off at a four out of five because I thought her weapon, uh, compared to the predictability and the power of Levitane's Levitane, uh, was significantly less. I like the at least the predictability part, but after doing the the simulation and having that correction and and just doing the you know, on the spot corrections with the, the simulator, I really was impressed with how much potential uh, she has with her weapon. And so I, I'm going to give her a 4.5 out of five. I think that she, uh, even though her, you know, her weapon is unpredictable, it's still, when those situations are correct, then she becomes very powerful with them. Um, it's, it's going to be hard though, because you might not only face up against units in PVE or even in uh, arena that have those buffs in the first place. But even if they do, maybe sometimes with the AI movement, they might not get the buffs on each other that you're looking for. And so it'd be hard to, to reap those benefits. But of course you can put her on a flight, leg yarn on a flying team and, and get some sort of buff, a buff in there. And just the fact that she is a very defensive flyer is is different enough that I think that makes her unique and a good unit in of herself. And so yeah, I I comfortably place her a 4.5 out of five, uh, maybe a tier two, maybe three uh, on Game Press, and maybe an S S minus or so on maybe a plus S minus rank on on Game so So. Uh, those are my thoughts on her. Uh, where would you place her, grips
1: So, because I have to dock her down a little bit for that. If her weapon relied on her buffs that was a flyer with access to emblem buffs, then I think she would be an obvious five out of five unit, and she'd be so strong. Uh, but as it is with a weapon that relies on enemy buffs, I'm just not a big fan of that aspect of things. So, I think she still has pretty good stats, and she comes with some really good skills to fodder off to other units if you do pull some extra copies of her. She can score very well in the arena uh, with her dual A slot skill, but I think that I would give her a 4.5 out of 5. I, I think just relying on the maximum potential of her means that you need to have enemies that you're facing that have buffs. So, you know, we don't have any way that we can apply buffs on our foes from our units, uh, (laughs) which is something that Leg Yarn might want to do. So because that aspect of things just kind (laughs) of remains out of our hands, I think I would rate her a bit lower down than where she might have been able to be. Uh, and, you know, we you mentioned earlier that Helbindi, his weapon on even turns is essentially just a silver axe. And it's kind of like that for Leg Yarn when her foes don't have buffs. Her weapon is essentially a silver sword with uh, an attack refinement, as we just kind of uh, demonstrated in the Mass Duel Simulator with the exercise we just did a moment ago. So it, it really depends on how much you're facing foes with, uh, with buffs. And if you're facing foes with buffs, that means they're a little bit stronger than they would normally be. And so that makes it just a little bit tougher to KO them as well. So ultimately, I think that that makes uh, Leg Yarn take a bit of a hit, in my opinion, in terms of how good she can be. And so looking at the tiers in game press, I don't think i would probably place her in tier three uh maybe there's a possibility they place her in tier two but i don't think she's as good as like Levitane that we just talked about or um i don't you know i I just i think she's probably gonna fall in tier three even though i think she's a strong unit Uh, that's where i think they'll probably place her
0: cool all right well even though we've only had three units to discuss we've we've gone on for quite a while in this episode there's lots to talk about of course with this uh this release of new heroes but let's wrap up this episode with our summoning priorities um and and summarize our thoughts here uh greps i'll turn over to you first um how would you prioritize summoning for these units
1: so you can probably tell based on a lot of what i've already said but I, i think all of these units are really good there's no question about it and it's really fun to use the uh the foes that we've been facing in book two for quite a while now uh, if you care about arena scoring, Helbindi and Leg Yarn are some really good units to, to pull for because they come with these dual skills. And you can either use them on the units that they come on or you can fodder them to other units. And I think uh, those could be influential skills for some people uh, to do better in the arena. I think, you know, as we've mentioned, Leg Yarn's weapon's really only useful in some situations. If you're facing tactics teams or units with dual rally skills and you just can't count on it being effective. So uh, she does have incredible fodder, though, with Chill Attack and Distant Guard being really hard skills to get a hold of. And hopefully they'll be a little bit easier to get now. With Helbindy, he comes with this odd spectrum wave on his weapon and a fantastic min-max stat spread. Uh, he has that dual skill as well. But I'm just a little disappointed with Guard and Infantry Pulse being the base skills that he comes with, because in a lot of cases, he probably wants to replace those for different skills. And Leva I think, is the unit that stands out the most on this banner. She has the highest offensive potential of these three units by far, uh, because you're able to control the buffs that you're going to be giving her. Uh, you know, Odd Speed Wave is pretty good fodder. Attack Defense Link is a great skill as well. Uh, her biggest flaw is just that her speed isn't a little bit higher. So she's going to need some speed investment in order to reach her maximum potential. So considering everything, I would rate Levitain as the best unit on this banner. Uh, I think Helbindi is just a little bit behind Levitain. And I would say Leg Yarn is bringing up the rear, but still not a bad unit at all. So they're all good units. Uh, I think it's not a bad u- uh, banner to be summoning from because there's only three units on this banner. Uh, two of them are red. So you have a decent chance of pulling at least one of them. And, you know, the other one is green and green is the easiest uh, color to be pulling for focus units on. So I think you might want to take a look and see who the new legendary hero is next week before you decide definitely whether you want to pull on this banner. But I think this is pretty close to a banner that I would say, like, go ahead and pull at least for Levitain um, because I think she's a really strong unit in the game right now. So the only other units right now at the moment that are on banners that are instead are uh, Celica, Mage Celica on the uh, the new power banner and Ophelia. I think those are two units that might compete with some of these units that people that might be just about as strong. Uh, so that, that's what I have to say about these units. What about you, Phil? How would you rate them in terms of importance to pull for?
0: Sure. So I think that uh, from my perspective, um, I agree that Levitane is probably the best unit from this banner. If we're talking about characters themselves as well, uh, in regards to Yarn and Helbindi, uh, I feel like Yarn is a little bit better than Helbindi if you do tend to stay more towards their base kits without the uh without considering high investment and so um but i i totally agree with you that Hellbindy could, could be better than leg yarn because of the uh because of their weapons you know the discussion of their weapons and and the potential for of uh, you know building them if you had unlimited resources of course but i um yeah, from my perspective, I think Legyarn is is a little bit better than Helbindi if you're just uh, leaving them alone as far as uh, keeping as much of their skills the same as possible. Now, if you were to summon for them, just for the dual skills between Legyarn and Helbindi, I would go for Helbindi first because I think that it I think the the units that are green infantry units are stronger than the uh, the red flying units in general. Uh, looking at Raven, looking at Nino, looking at Soren, Merrick, I think they have a better chance of being more helpful to your team than, say, Sheeta or, or some of the other uh, flying units. Of course, um, it's easier to get flying Olivia as compared to Axa if you're looking for a dancer to put that skill on and, and really max out that potential there. So in that regards, it would be more important to summon for Leyard and if you're looking for dual fodder. But I think in general, taking into all aspects of, of the situation, I think that I would go for Helbindi first uh, to put that on a green unit. Uh, but yeah, um, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Um, Greps, do you have any final words before we sign out of this episode?
1: I think we've had a lot of words to this point, so I will turn things back over to you, Phil.
0: All righty. So once again, thank you guys for listening. And if you want to reach out to us, if you have questions about anything or feedback or suggestions for the show, reach out to me individually at pheology at gmail.com. You can reach out to uh, Greps at grepsteinfeh at gmail.com. You can reach us both at our subreddit at r slash And of course, you can always support the show by uh, clicking on the link in the the show notes to listener support. Uh, Thank you again for listening, and we hope that you schedule an appointment with your pheologist soon. Take care.